Hello and welcome to Between Two Cairns. I'm Yochai. Hi, I'm Brad. And today we're going to be reviewing The Gnomes of Levnik by Zarkov Kowalski. But first, we have some some mailbag slash moot sack questions. Open the, open the moot sack. <laughs> the official name of the Between Two Cairns mailbag is the moot sack. But you, but it is in actuality a mailbag in a like you know metaphorical sense. So I'm still going to refer to it as that, despite the. No, it's quite literal for me. I print these out <laughs> and I place them in a large physical uh, sack. Yeah, uh, it's, you... it's burlap, and I sling it over my shoulder, and I w- walk down here to the uh, the studio. And uh, I'm quite literal when I say let's open the mailbag. I want to tell you. Sack, I, I want to tell you a story. Yes. Is that okay? So. <laughs> It's because it's almost Christmas, and as you oh, know, good. as you know, except hold on, people are going to hear this long after Christmas, so don't make it too Christmassy. Not lot long after, what? at least a week. Yeah, I mean, You're just in time for uh, Ukrainian Christmas. There you go. That's not. Is that true? Is this Eastern Orthodox like, Church do things later? It's like January. 6th, January. Uh, yeah, right. Because I think the. Unofficial birthday or official birthday is January 4th or something. Anyways, right. Well, someone yeah. else has a birthday right around there, too, Me too. I think. Oh, or are you talking? No, we could talk. Do I'm we, talking about both of Both of us have very, early January birthdays? Wonderful. What a, how, how did you forget this? I, I talk about this all the time. think about birthdays. Are, They're stupid. We we were born one day apart oh, from each other. Oh, we had this and, conversation. Right. I just yeah, erased and it. And I think there's great, you know, zodiac significance to this. I, and you're like, oh, no, that, that's cool, I guess. No, because the people always say, what are the chances? The chances are extraordinarily high, you know? There's only 365 days in the year. That's a very... You think it's, a, mm-hmm. you think it's extraordinarily high chance that a dude from... A dude born in Israel and a dude born in Ohio... Meet on the internet and join a podcast, and they're born one day apart. I don't think so, man. My parents were born one day apart and one year. What? Actually, wait. My parents were born one day apart. Are you, and what the heck? Are, and one year. Are you serious? Also. Are you serious? Mess, yes. No, you're serious. Literally, yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm dead serious. It's, uh, July twelfth, July thirteenth. That's uh, my, their birthdays. July, one year apart. July twenty eighth and July twenty ninth. This is messed up. What the heck? All right, let's move on before I have to eat more crow or whatever. I am <laughs> rattled. Okay. So oh, my I, God. In, this, okay. in the spirit of Christmas, as they say. So my father didn't really understand what Santa Claus was. And I just a little backstory. So he's like, he was raised on a commune with no real outside connection. And obviously had not had much experience with... Uh, Christians and his <laughs> for many years, but including especially for the first year we were here, he he would do this thing where he would he would say Santa Claus is coming, and you you made mm. me think of the story because of your burlap sap. He had this burlap sap from the Israeli military. It was um may- okay. maybe burlap. Actually, I don't know what the it's brown and very 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 strong. Um, maybe a, mm-hmm. maybe canvas. I don't know. Anyways, he would come <laughs> into. Me and my brother and my sister's rooms. Well, mm-hmm. we had two rooms, one for her and then my brother and I shared a room. And he would yeah. say, Santa Claus is coming. You tell us this for a week. And if we did not have all of our stuff, our toys put away, do you know what he would do? <laughs> I, I don't want to know. He, I'm scared. He would, would, he he would take them and give them to other children. And, I, and he did it. He legitimately he, did it. 
multiple times. What? Yeah, he would he would say Santa Claus is coming, and then he would come with his sack, and he would. I I think at some one point he had a jester hat because he always had a jester hat for any oh event. Oh my god! It's like this a, is some Santa yeah. Claus trauma yeah. we're unpacking and, here. And so to us as a family, Santa Claus is a terrifying person. You know, that is, it's, man. It's, and he would come and he would take all the toys. So we had to put them wow. away. Um, like all of them, not just like clean your room, but like really get things. And he would go into the attic too. We had like, a, not an attic, but like a crawl space behind. Uh-huh. We shared this room and there was a crawl space. He would go in there and if the stuff wasn't put away in there, he would take it too. Uh, wow. And, and can I tell you what he what he gave away once? This is... I hope oh, no, please. He, okay. I had... I'm ready. I had a copy of Milton Bradley's Hero Quest. Okay, no. Yes, it's gone. It's gone. And here's what's really messed up. Years later, when I was in my early 20s, I purchased from some person on eBay another copy of it. Uh And um, I didn't have anywhere to keep it, and I was not living at home at the time. Uh, When I later came home, I I left it there thinking it would be safe there. And I, Santa Claus I, he got rid of it. Again. Yeah, he didn't do it at Santa Claus, but he definitely found it and got rid of it. He did. It's his whole. He's not. He's not a materialist. You know, he didn't grow up that way. It's. It's. Um, wow. Anyways, so uh, wow, a lot is coming out of the mood. Section. It's true. It's well, true. Well, I, maybe too much. Think, this is. Go, this is a lot. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. Well, moving on to our first question from Goobernuts. Yeah, Goobernuts. Goobernuts is the author of uh, Mangaya, the Cairn hack uh, based in the Philippines. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so very, very good. Goobernuts asks, y'all doing Dungeon 23 or an offshoot challenge next year? Cool. Yeah. What is uh what's Dungeon 23? Let's expl- let's unpack that if people don't know. Why what is why, that? Uh, well, Sean McCoy of Mothership Fame and uh, uh-huh. all around a wonderful person from what I can tell, uh tweeted out a plan of his, which was to use a daily calendar and use each day to make a, is it a, a room in the dungeon? A room in one mega dungeon, I think was the a room a day. Yeah. In a, a mega dungeon. In a mega dungeon. Um, mm-hmm. And wow, did it take off? I mean, I bet it you really, blew I, up. I, I, I imagine that there are these, you know, <laughs> notepad or not notepad, a day, day planner, like vendors or wholesalers yes. who are scratching their heads trying to figure out what is this? <laughs> Why are we getting all these sudden or it must be because of Christmas, you know, <laughs> like I swear, like I got to think three quarters of the popular, like 75% of the popularity of this hashtag is the fact that Sean posted like a very cute Japanese day planner, the uh, the the tech techo techo. Yes. Know. It's, it's, yes. it's something. There, it's something. there I, are a I, lot of cute day planners from my experience i know people just they want like everyone wants to buy cute notebooks and day planners you, you know, know? They I, just need to give I, them a I, little push just do it i just it, my handwriting know? and drawing is so poor i would i wouldn't want to mar an otherwise clean surface like i have the the world builders uh-huh. notebook or whatever the um yes surface out. I, I, I bought i don't want to uh-huh. touch it i feel you bad know what i did I have the same kind of impulse. I bought two, <laughs> and I use the one that I like a little less is the one I, I write in. I left like the the, um, the limited one. edition. Um, Which one did you get? Frazetta one. Cover? Oh wow, wow! I got wow. the black Frazetta one. That's the yeah. one I'm like, um, I can't write in this, but I, <laughs> I got uh, the gray cover, and that that one I use quite a bit. I, um, I you know I bought years ago this pocket universe. It's the size of a very tall pocket mod. I would say, mm-hmm. and it's a little hex 
map on each page that you're supposed to fill in. And on one facing page is the place for the map. And on the other facing page is where you write down what's going on there. It would actually be perfect yeah. for this, except you'd fill it up in about five days because it's really small. Yeah. Anyway, so anyhow, are you doing anything for Dungeon 23? <sighs> yeah, I am. I bought a, a cute little notebook. I put some stickers on it. Um, it's ready to go. I've seen a lot of people, like, they're jumped in already. They're so amped. I've seen other people do a ton of planning. They're like, okay, I'm going to map out the floors. I'm going to map out. Here's the town. I'm, you know, um, I don't have any of that. I have an idea for level one. Here it is. Ready? Don't steal this. Anyone ants, big ants. That's the theme from level one. Um, so I'm just going to really just <laughs> take it a day at a time. I have a question. Is out. this, is this yeah. big ants as in they've grown the size of cows or are people shrunk down? Ooh, you know, that's a good question. I Here's something I do in a lot of my fantasy campaigns. I replace all the um, beasts of burden with big bugs. So there's no horses that you ride around on big grasshoppers. And, you know, instead of, you know, raising cows and whatever, you, ri- you raise like, you know, big, big mealworms or whatever. It's fun. It's flavorful. You can do a lot with that. I don't know. It just feels there's a certain zaniness. I don't know if zaniness is the right word. I like the fantastical quality that comes with that, and I think it, it spruces up a fantasy campaign. Um, but I always like that it opens the door that maybe the player characters are also just really small, you know? I've never really gone there, but I've always like, oh, the door is open in case I want to go a, that way. Yeah, there's a couple of those. There's a one-page dungeon. That, I don't think it won the one-page dungeon contest, but yeah. it was on, on there one or two years ago where you go to a wizard's lab and get turned into uh like you get put into like some kind of sewage system but it's sure. tiny i can't remember what happens but th- fun it, it, it's it you get shrunk down yeah there's a couple of those that are fun fun so yeah. all right so you're working on something with ants yeah and- big ants big giant man ants you know human ants human sized ants mm-hmm. uh, that's all okay. i got so hopefully i keep it going but i'm not going to beat myself up if i fizzle out on uh you know march you know what, you, you know i I express no desire whatsoever to do this. However, I yes. did see someone post something on their blog that's sort of a count, not a counter, but an alternative to Dungeon 23 called Setting 23, where you make yeah. a setting over a year period. Sure. Uh, that's, I feel like that's possibly been done before, um, but it, that definitely is more appealing to me, I think. I like these kind of just daily activities. That seems fun. And yeah, I could see you come, you know, it's like playing a long game of microscope, but that that would be right. fun. I'm sure exactly. there would be a lot of well, good stuff comes by, out of that. By yourself, but yeah. yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I think that that probably exists. I mean, yeah. in many ways, Gygax 76 is yes. basically that, right? It's You do it over a long period of 75, many, many weeks. 75. 75. 75. Yeah. Um, I was actually just thinking to myself, is it Gygax 75 or 76? I should know this. <laughs> Ray yeah. is my friend. I should know this. But apparently, by the way, it's supposed to get a... Um, a uh, new, not new version, but uh, he's going to clean it up and update it. Cool. Apparently. That's I think cool. It's it's awesome. I've got like a printout I did of uh, Ray Otis, right? Made yeah, Gygax mm-hmm. 75. Yeah, I'm always like I got to do my Gygax 75, but I don't know. I always seem to have another project that I'm putting first. Well, yeah, I mean so. you you should. It might maybe it'll put feet on his fire if he knows someone's still playing with it. He said he was surprised mm-hmm. at how much how many people latched on to. For those who don't know, Gygax mm-hmm. 75 is a free pdf you can download um it takes you through the process of creating a setting based on stuff gary gygax has suggested from different uh things he's written and it takes place over 
many weeks. And by the end of it, you have this like fully fleshed out setting by following these procedures. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it doesn't have like a lot of tables. It's more just taking you through the process. And yeah, it's kind I, of I, like prompts. Here's what you work on this week. You know, you're building right, your town right. next week. You're building a dungeon. It's, it's good stuff. I think it's a, a rich way to build a, a fun fantasy world. If you're getting ready to start a campaign. Good stuff. Well, there's there's your answer. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So moving question on. Question answered. Uh, next question. There's <clears throat> two-parter here. Okay. From Sam- Samurai Dad. Samurai Dad. Hello, Samurai Dad. Thank you for the question. Read it. Two questions for the price of one. Uh-huh. Have you guys ever done any solo role-playing? If so, what was your experience like? What did you like about it? Question two. With so many adventures on the market, how do you both choose what to run next for your players? Let's ask. Let's ask. Answer the uh, second one first. The second one first. Yeah, just um, just because I, it's easier. I don't have a good. I don't know why I choose what I choose. I I, I don't know. Um, childhood trauma. What childhood trauma? Well, we don't know what guides us to make the decisions that we make. You know, so I, if you don't yeah. know, maybe um, something. Deep inside, I, I have no idea. There's like a little bluebird of inspiration floats around, and wherever it lands is is where it lands. I don't know why it does what it does. I don't know, you know. I, I don't live my life with a lot of intention. I kind of just end up places, you know. So that's it. Yeah. It, suddenly, I'm playing. You know, I'm in. Uh, you know, something. I don't know how I got here. I don't know where I am. I'm confused. I'm disoriented. Hopefully, I'm having a good time. That's all I can ask for. But um, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. My answer would be, I tend to think about what my player characters are doing now, you know, oh, sure. what would, you know, it, it, even if they're going to play different PCs next, I, I want to think about what I've done before. So like I ran them through, I often write my own stuff, but I will use other stu- other modules. Mm-hmm. Like I ran, um, uh, where the week grows tall mm-hmm. earlier this year within the same world as you know the same settings like they went these characters in my karen my main players they they ran their characters through that adventure site and it sort of slotted in and i had to think does it fit in with what these characters have already experienced in the setting you know or is it going to be a Mm -hmm. repeat of something like i wouldn't run black worm and then immediately after run brannisford like Mm -hmm. it would be too similar i would Mm, okay maybe do like uh you know something from Gus L in the middle just to give it some wackiness. But um, yeah, so that, that, that said, it's, I think about what they're doing. I also think about what the players have experienced. Like, do they need another Slavic inspired forest setting? Like maybe they, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, my answer is yes, but they might not right. want that. I, you know, I, I once ran a two year long into the odd game and the, it started very like Victorian industrial and it, it went through periods of electricity and, you know, getting on almost um, steampunk. And then it turned into like a weird West thing. Yeah. And, and throughout that, pro- I did run, I ran like a setting. I ran the, um, uh, Eldon setting, uh, uh, magical industrial revolution. Sure. And, and, and then I wrote a weird West campaign for these people based off of that. And anyhow, it's, um, that's that. So I mix and match. My answer is how, what is it? What is it giving me? And there's a lot of stuff that I really do want to run that I don't get to because I'm buying and downloading way more, way much more stuff than I'm actually absolutely able to run them through. You know? so yeah, yeah. The answer I guess, is yeah. Go ahead. That's good too. Yeah, you know, to, I guess I am looking for like little connections that I can do to tie modules together. 
you know, to make a campaign play. Right. Um, right. I recall like a, a pretty fun thread that I did a couple years ago. Um, I started with, um, so you got a job at, in the garbage barge or at the garbage, on the garbage barge, uh, by Amanda Lee Frank. One of my favorites. I love that module. And that one just spoke to me because it's so bonkers. It was like nothing I've ever read. Um, but it's like a pretty big, it's, it's almost more of a setting. Like there's some adventures in there, but like once they were there, they found this crypt and they started to want, you know, my players wanted to like delve into these crypts to find treasure. So I started pulling out like some Nate Treme dungeons, but like, um, Grotberg Crypt, which is part of the Mold of Unicorn. I think I threw another one or oh, two. Oh, I've ran there. that too. Aww. It's great. It's it's one of my favorites. I love it. Yeah. Like, I, in- couple- I inserted that into a homebrew setting. I was like a island-inspired sort of, I guess, like Etruscan or Greek uh, yeah. setting. And I just stuck that tavern in this island. Setting. It worked great. It worked really I, well. And I love dungeons that you can just throw into something. Um, yeah. well, and then like at the bottom just- of the garbage barge. They were looking for like a god. That's actually when I wrote Temple of a Thousand Swords because they wrote they found that the god's temple down at the bottom of the garbage barge. So that was me playtesting that there. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah those yeah. all I thought linked together like pretty well and adding on to the the as written adventures in Garbage Barge. So yeah, I'm just looking for like okay, how can I get from A to B? What can I throw in here? And I like those very portable modules that you can really just put them where you need them to be. I don't know. Okay, so the first question. Yes. Have you ever run any solo RPGs? I'm going to answer first just because yeah. I'll be over real fast. Uh, no, I have only purchased one, and that was a uh, thousand-year-old vampire, and that was as a gift for someone who doesn't play RPGs that I knew would want it for the artifact quality of it, and I just thought it'd be a nice gift. I but I haven't been able to. I do. I have played um, solo RPG card games, you know, like like Iron Helm, like that sort of mm-hmm. thing, um, where you were. Uh, uh, paper dungeon, I think is another one where you sort of put cards out and then it tells you what the dungeon is, what the mm-hmm. next room is, but that's not RPGs, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I am saying, I haven't played any solo RPGs. I keep buying them and sometimes I keep printing them. Like I'm always like, I'm going to do this. And then, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm never have enough time in my day, um, to, to, to like, sit down and do a solo RPG. But um, I keep buying them. I bought Four Against Darkness. That that looked kind of fun. I bought um, Harper's Quest by Joy Peddler Games. That looked really fun. I printed that out. Um, I just bought Rune by Spencer Campbell. That looks cool. It's like Dark Souls inspired. I don't know. I keep buying these things. Someday I'm going to play them. But um, Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I, so I know I'm familiar with all of those just because yeah. I watch videos. Like there's a, a YouTube channel, uh, Dungeon Delve. Yeah, is mm-hmm. it Dungeon Delve? Um who reviews solo RPGs and solo yeah. games. And, and what's great is, you know, he really shows you the physical production values as well as the um, experience and talks about it. And it's another one called uh, Geek Gamers, who I've seen a couple. Uh, she has done um, at least one thing with Karen because she emailed me asking me for a copy and then she you know she, whatever you call it a reviewer's copy and i sure. sure whatever you know it's fine um and she has run stuff with it so it, it does it, it seems like there's a huge solo gamer market i know perplexing yeah. ruins that's like all he does except for play with his daughter he plays solo that's yeah like i know i know a few solo. people that that only do solo and it seems and there's something there you know like i want i want to i want to see what that's about i haven't um yeah for me it's like rpgs have always been a very like kind of social outlet right um 
So that's like I how I make it fit in my life. But I'm I'm really interested in solo RPG and, well, and I want to explore that more. Recently, I purchased. Actually, I'm going to grab them right now. Okay, I have in my hands uh-huh. the Fantasy Trip Labyrinth Encounter cards, the mm-hmm. Fantasy Trip Outdoor Encounter cards, um, 54 Funnel World Villagers, 100 Fantasy f- Portraits from Face Folio, mm-hmm. and the Hirelings uh, for. Is that. For Dungeon World, yeah, I think for Dungeon World that Jason Lutz mm-hmm. illustrated, because I'm I'm I've been thinking about running some solo stuff for the purposes of setting generation, mm, and yeah, kind of like just you know this kind of generative experience where the end result is something totally unpredictable. You know, I'd rather have something to bounce off of than that produce it right from my own mind. I, I wrote over the last weekend, I wrote like I don't know twenty five different tables. And I really do enjoy writing tables, but I need to look at other tables to, like, for my brain to do the work. Like, I need yeah. to, I need to see what other people have done. I can't just sit there in a room and then produce stuff. I have to look at that. I go, oh right, that's a great idea, and then I'll I'll mess with it. And I I feel like there's a lot of solo content that people who don't play solo could really take advantage of. Yes, yes, for sure. But I don't think I don't have anything else to say about this. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. Today for our main review. We're going to be talking about The Gnomes of Levnik, which is by Zarkov Kowalski, who folks mostly know, I think, around, um, not mostly, but folks will know him from Neoclassical Geek Revival, which I have zero familiarity with. I I know Uh Zarkov from some earlier stuff he has done, but I don't know NGR at all. I don't know how the system works at all, except for what I've read in his modules he's made for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your what's your familiarity with uh, Zarkov? Um, I have a bunch of his modules. I've read a number of them. Um, I think my favorite I've read is Thulean Echoes, which is a Lamentations of the Flame Princess adventure. Um, it has a really cool setup where you find like a record of people entering a dungeon, and instead of like reading it out loud, you actually play it with pre-gen characters. And then you kind of run the same dungeon again in present time. And based on the, what happened in the past, the dungeon has changed and evolved and, and, and things have happened. It's a pretty cool module. Um, but yeah, I've read a bunch of his work. I think I generally like it. I think he has got some pretty inventive ideas. Um, I have Neoclassical Geek Revival. I don't I think I've ever actually read it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just um, an OSR game that I haven't really dived into, but... Yeah, kind of. I feel like Zarkov was really active in like the 2010s, and I haven't seen a whole lot coming out in the 2020s here. No, he's got he's a, he's he's been doing stuff. He had like an a Kickstarter not that long. I remember. Ago, oh, there's I a Kickstarter remember. for like a new version of Neoclassical Geek Revival. I haven't. I don't know if I've seen a lot of new like modules or event you know adventures from from him. Yeah, recently. he definitely stopped doing stuff for Lamentations. Yeah, and um, he. His newer stuff was all for NGR. Well, anyhow, mm-hmm. it exists. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about this. I, I want to make sure people know sort of what the deal is with this adventure before we uh, get into it. It's a um, forest fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Vaguely Eastern European, medieval. Pretty short, 20 pages. It's very short. It's very short. It does not have a POD or offset print version of it for him i think it's on on the shorter end 
Mm-hmm. It also has, he did the writing and some of the art. I think he did the map. There's like yeah. a full page map. The cover art is public domain. And then the layout and formatting, I think, is Jez Gordon. Do you want to tell our listeners what it's about? Sure. So Gnomes of Levnek. Yeah, it's, I feel like we can't say too much without going into a deep dive here. So just very broadly, and then we'll, I think we'll do a deep dive pretty quick here. The town of Levnek, it has kind of a wicked ruler. It's a suffering little miserable town. It's suffering from basically starvation. There's just not enough food here. Um, I guess I'd call this a sandbox. There's not like a lot of plot here. It's just like kind of a lot of situations to move you around this kind of forest map and and investigate different stuff here. Um, Ostensibly, the evil ruler is blaming the misfortunes of the town on the gnomes and... On I guess, and he, uh, whether these mo- gnomes exist or not, the players don't actually know. But right, As there's allegedly there's gnomes out in the woods. He says, you know, go kill a few gnomes. They're probably causing the trouble. Um, but there's um, more than meets the eye, and um, yeah, there's not a ton of like really scripted action here. There's, I think, a lot of like potential action. There's some setups. It's a really weird weirdly written module because i feel like it continually buries the lead like at every turn yes there's yes. something that recontextualizes what you just read on the last two pages <laughs> right and, because and it right and i think that's the i guess my core issue with it, it yeah it doesn't it just needs stuff moved around it, it, it you know you'll be reading a paragraph and it's uh-huh. telling you this person is a guy who likes this stuff. Oh, also, he knows the secret about this thing. And then you're like, what the hell is that thing? You <laughs> right. didn't. This is the first time you've mentioned that thing. I don't know what you're referencing here. I just know some proper noun you do, you've given me. And I have right. to go look for that in the book. It, it's very odd. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should just jump right into deep dive and get into spoilers territory. Well, it's before hard we, to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. I, I, uh-huh. I do want to say a couple things. Um, yeah. So I actually really like the map. It's pretty sparse. There's not a lot going on. I feel like it could be much more interesting than it is. Um, The module itself really needs a summary of what's happening. Like just right in the beginning, just, just, just like a two paragraph summary of what the deal is. And then everything else will be easier. Um, Yes. I really like that they call the area surrounding the town the woods because they don't know of any other woods. So, of course, yeah. it's called the woods. It's great. Uh, there's not a lot of typos, but there were some. But that's actually not the main issue with the text. There's just really um, – it just needs an editor. It needs someone to say, this is uh, – nobody knows what you're talking about. Redo this <laughs> part. You know. Um, and then finally, it's pretty funny. There's yeah. some funny tech. There's some funny, there's some funny kind of winking, um, almost, you know, fourth wall breaking kind of. Definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously it is actually, what's the opposite of fourth wall? Sometimes it's, it writes as if it's someone who lives in this place. And other times it writes, you know, as you would expect a module to, I, I sort of see this as a anti black worm of Brandon's verb. Like it really does feel like the black mirror of, of Brandon's verb. Like the, it is right. it's like conceptually very similar but this is like, whereas Brandonsford is kind of like cheerful and whimsical and there's fairies and tricks and like, you know, fairy tales. This is like, 
miserable people starving in the woods and just bad stuff happening. It is like pretty grim, but there is a lot of humor here. Um, it's, 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 even the map is kind of like the opposite. Like the, the town is in the other corner. Like everything is just flipped from Bradensford. It's pretty interesting. Um, but this came out like seven or eight years before Bradensford. Um, yeah, there's not that many similarities. So do you have any comments pre deep dive or should we just, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting module. It doesn't really, it, it almost reads kind of like a framework. I feel like this would be a good one to like stuff other modules inside of. Like there's not a lot of plot in and of itself, but I feel like the stuff happening here could easily be exported into another module without like losing anything. Like you just mash it up with something. Um, the stuff with the gnomes is really weird and you're going to really mess up your campaign with these gnomes. Um, and it's funny and it's interesting. Um, I generally like it, even though it does have some, you know, like I, I agree it, it needs an editor. It's, you need to read the whole thing twice to make sense of it. I think, um, I, I, felt I, thought, pretty... I thought it was an enjoyable read overall and I, I could see using parts of this. The text is too long. There's just too, I don't mm-hmm. need, it needs either 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 it needs to be broken up like thatched roof, you know, collapsing scaffolding, uh, yeah, in one line, you know, or it needs to be cleaned up. Either fewer sentences mm-hmm. or break them up. I, I found it kind of a chore to read, although I I don't think think I need to read it twice to run it personally. I, which yeah, you, know, uh, you you could export the entire section with the gnomes and use it in anything and be great. It'd be great. Yeah. Yes. So that's, um, that's a good sign. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's let's get into the the, the spoiler territory. Deep dive. Deep, <clears throat> so, so a couple. What's questions. really going on here? Yeah. yeah. Let's summarize. Right, so, what's happening? So the, the gnomes are mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> they're myconids, uh-huh. and their whole life cycle is explained, and it's terrific. Essentially, yeah. they're they are born from a human, sort of, and <laughs> uh, you know, they a human eats them, eats their uh-huh. sausage or something, as they. <laughs> human eats them and then they uh-huh. they this part was actually pretty unclear to me what happens how the the mating happens um and i think it is actually important because of the disappearing town folk but yeah uh, so basically there's this town people have disappeared um lately after they ate some gnomes they killed this gnomish toy maker did wait yes. was he a, a gnome or not he is yeah because okay and this is another okay. one where it's like what happened because every two pages it's like the toy maker disappeared and then it's like there's a child like a child-sized body buried in the church and it's missing top of its head and by the way this was the toy maker and yeah and and that so that's what i thought but then they said that once you give them names they lose their power so he must have had a name but he doesn't have a name but that's another thing like they lose their right so their like ability to procreate like i didn't i wasn't clear on that they they basically become normal if you give them a name they lose all their abilities Mm, okay they lose their connection to the Myconid hive. So See, these gnomes. It's it's more interesting if you know. First of all, it's a little ambiguous, but I think it's more interesting if that's not true. And all of these. So the the main thing is if you eat enough gnomes, you get like gnome points, and, and these increase over time. Yeah. Every day you're increasing more gnome points, and these make you more magical. They increase your magical abilities. You get more powerful. But when you get to gnome gnome points one hundred, you just disappear and in where you stood are like two or three gnomes more who gnomes. have some of your memories and, and your clothes or new clothes and yes. if you don't do that you become a uh-huh. house 
<laughs> right. You like eventually, war- well, the gnome that doesn't get the gnome eaten eventually that doesn't get eaten turns into, into a house right. where the other gnomes live. Right. So I like that there's this weird situation where the starving people in this village ate the, the toy maker who was a gnome, but they didn't know that. Or It's weird that they didn't know that. Um, yeah, exactly. Be- but I think I mean, that's the power of the gnomes is that like they're the, the spores or whatever make you want to eat them, right? Right, they want to be eaten, but that's not the point. The point is that he huh. shouldn't he have had a name? I don't know. I'm unclear about the name because they said they can't be alone. It was very confusing to me. As like, yeah, it's almost there. I feel like you could easily say, okay, well, he gave he, at some point uh-huh. he took on a name, he lost his powers, but people still wanted to eat him because they said that gnomes who don't have other gnomes around them will go crazy. It was very right, in, it, it felt in incon- I didn't understand some yeah. of that, and uh, there's also I, I, a, go ahead. Yeah, I just I think it's a more interesting situation if there's these villagers that ate this gnome, and that's one you can uncover. And I think it's more interesting that they are now doomed. Like they are increasing their gnome points every day, and they will soon pop apart and become gnomes. You know, no, that's, and that's all. That's all great. That's all great. That's exportable. That's a, interesting. Yes, like that's that's pretty bonkers, and that's a really fun way to mess up your campaign. <laughs> there's and there's a um, mummified head that speaks the spell of a dragon i love that um and you will immediately learn it and then a dragon shows up two hours later and decimates <laughs> wherever you were i think that's great um it, yes. that was written in a confusing way it says something about mm-hmm. um it's first it says that it mutter utters a spell then it says they cast the spell right, and i didn't know if it was referring to the magic user who heard the spell or to the mummified head for the head i think uh, the head itself cast the spell yeah but, but it I already said that but it says that I already that yeah it, it, that's my point is that it um it, it just needs an editor it's very unclear there's, there's some ambiguity yeah um and um, I, but it's not good ambiguity you know it's <laughs> It, yeah. it's just confusing and yeah by the way there is at the back of this a uh, how to best serve gnome menu yes it's like a little recipe it's very silly yeah you over, need gnome gravy it. yeah um, um the, du- the dungeon is terrible it's not really a dungeon it's not <laughs> it's fair, not really right? and it's that's another place so there's like a cult uh <laughs> they're kind gnome. of like old i don't know they have like kind of Paganish tendencies, I guess. I don't right. really. Well, it's pretty. But they, what they want to do is kidnap people and hunt them for sports. And they have this right. base, which is like a it's shaped it's, like a dragon. It gets really dark, really fast. Yeah, yeah they gets, break your hands and break so you your loose hands, in the woods yeah. to hunt you. I do like there's a line that says, "I'm not sure Velis would even want them as followers, like they're God." I, I yeah, <laughs> that's when I some of this I thought. I, I like that there's kind of a, uh, a familial, or a, I don't know, that's not the right uh, word. Informal, informal. Thank you. There's an informal quality to the writing that I think is pretty humorous and fun to read. Sometimes I think it goes too far. Like the beginning of that paragraph, it says, so whenever they think they can get away with it, the covenant of Velis lures tricks or flat out abducts. It's just like starting a sentence with so, it just feels like this is being dictated or something. Like, I don't know. That's It goes a little too far for me there, but just a personal point of contention. Um but yeah, I guess this dungeon is like the base for the cultists, but there's really not a, a lot of great reasons to be here or interact with it. And it seems like the base itself is like the chalkified body of a dragon, right? Because like later That's, on we meet a dragon and when it breathes on yeah, you, it turns it you turns into chalk. chalk. Yeah, I wasn't clear about that either. There's a lot of sort of like, eh. I like how the dragon is a national threat. 
That's the level of threat. Yeah, uh, but it's just like kind of, it's just asleep and it's just, it, it's not an issue unless you go wake it up, I guess. Which you do with the spell, presumably. Right. When you get at the head, you you wake it up. Sure. Yep. So overall, I think there's some good meat here. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it really needs an editor, but also it's just sort of lacking in stuff to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you go to the forest, you roll some tables. That's cool. You get to the gnomes, you eat them or you don't. But there's not really like a <laughs> yeah a driving force here, uh, yeah. factional elements. It, it it doesn't have a lot. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's okay as is. You know, I think what is here is interesting. I think there's like a framework for some good times here. I think it'd be great if you grab another module and throw it in here. Like maybe the Elder Oak, t- you know, town or whatever. You could combine Actually, that here. That's a terrific you know? idea. This could be the forest to the west of Elder Oak. Yeah. 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 And, oh, and, I agree. And like, you know, there's room in that one to add some like gnome stuff where like, oh, there's these delicious gnomes that people start eating and then they start turning into gnomes. It's this weird, like cute zombie outbreak kind of thing. <laughs> and now you're making me want to create like a meta setting, sort of like uh-huh. what you did, what you did, what you did with um the end of the wyvern songs where yeah. it's just a giant a giant map and you just <laughs> physically insert these and make and sort of relate them it would be like a counter dolman wood it'd be like sure all, everything it, it wouldn't be dolman wood <laughs> like it objectively would not be that it would just right be just like here's a you, you know while, while you're waiting for that to finish here's five different adventures you could go on that are somewhat connected that's actually a great yeah. idea i think it's great uh, yeah it's like start start the list for Gnomes of Levnik, uh, you know, cinematic universe here. Cause I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think Zar- Zarkov's strongest quality as a writer is he comes up with these big ideas like this. Um, mm-hmm. that, which you he know, said he I've, got it from a blog, a blog post. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did. I saw that in the intro. I didn't read the blog post. Right? It's very short. It's still. the blog post is like four paragraphs long. So whatever he got from it, he, it's all his. Yeah. Oh, this is juicy stuff here, though. I, I think this is, um, a lot of fun way to just, throw some absolute chaos into your fantasy campaign. Yeah, I would put uh, this in Black Worm of Bransford. I would just stick the sure. gnomes in there. Just the stick them in there. And, yeah, and um, the sure, there's a dragon already. Like the head summons that dragon to come, you know, yeah, like firebomb the, the area the that you summon. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. Sure, that works. Um, yeah, so anyway. overall, you know, it's, it's all right. It's, it's okay. It's good. Yeah, but it is what it is, you know. Well, this has uh, been Between Two Karens. You can send us an email at betweentwokarens at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash betweentwokarens. Send us some um, questions, your thoughts, your feelings. Uh, you know, now that you will get stickers as patrons, I can't really say you won't get stickers, but you won't get them for questions. So just <laughs> to clarify, uh, thanks to Bobby McKellar for the music and to DLB for editing. And happy Ukrainian Christmas. There it is. There it is. I I don't know. There it is. (laughs) That's good. That's good. All right. Bye. Goodbye.